to NURFM's Talking Travel. And Sally Lucas, it's so hard to keep up to date with everything that's going on as far as regulations, requirements for travelling are concerned. So we need a dose of that now. We do. And as as I say to people, the goalposts keep changing. So do check with your travel agent on a regular basis or, you know, if you're not au fait with doing it yourself online because, you know, it is changing all the time. Um, So this week, just in America, the High Court has um, been mandated that they now don't have to wear or no one has to wear masks on aircraft including crew. Um, Not all of them are agreeing with this, of course, and it's still up to you if you prefer, obviously, to wear a mask. So the airlines that are participating in this now, and they said they've they've agreed with it and they agree with all the health regulations, is American Airlines, Alaskan, Delta, Southwest Airlines, United, and also a budget carrier, carrier called JetBlue has also come online. So yeah, that's what's happening there. Whether that's going to, you know, happen anywhere else in the world, who knows? As I said, it's a, a changing marketplace at the moment. So. It certainly is. So do they think their vaccination levels are high enough? I don't know. I mean, you've obviously still got to have your, your vaxes, um, but there's no... Yeah, it's really weird, isn't it? I it is. was quite surprised when I read that in, in the paper, actually, this week. Um, the other thing, Jane, too, coming back into Australia now, you might remember the days when we had incoming passenger cars cards were handed out to you oh, gosh, on, yes. on the plane and you had the outgoing passenger, you had the OPC. The outgoing yeah, and the and I. You had, to, you had to fill that out, the little green and white card. Of course, we don't have to do that anymore because everything's done on the computer or, you know, it's all digital, etc. But to come back into Australia now, you do have to fill out a digital passenger declaration uh-huh. and you can't do it in advance, apparently. So once you've left the country, you can... You can do it. And I thought, well, we were discussing this in the office yesterday. There's a lot of our clients uh, older, people who are just not tech, you know, knowledgeable. Mm -hmm. Um, They might have a phone, but they only use it to to make a phone call or they don't even use a computer. So we discussed this and apparently you won't be refused entry, obviously, if you're being an Australian citizen, particularly if you don't have this. But there will be delays at the airport while you have to go through some sort of a manual declaration situation. So you, you've you left the country, you're away having your holiday, and mm. while you're away, you've actually got to mm. complete this digital... Passenger declaration. Okay. So that means you need to find somewhere with data and, um, and actually yes. access to computers. Yeah. Okay. So it sounds quite a business. Unless you do it on your phone, of course, which is where they would like you to have it. Um, if you can do that and if you get a local SIM card or whatever you do when you take your phone with you. A lot of people do that now. They find it's, you know, they don't make a lot of phone calls when you go overseas. It's more to do your Google Maps or your language app or something like that, you know what I mean? But certainly buying a a local SIM card can sometimes be the cheaper way of doing it so you're not paying exorbitant rates to to use your phone. Yeah, and some phones have the ability to have two SIM cards too. You don't even have to take your other one out. (laughs) Yes, that's right. So I just thought that would just keep us a bit up to date on what's happening there. But you can actually do have that processed when you arrive back in the country if you 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 will still be processed, but, you know, you're tired, you've come off a long flight. It's probably the last thing you feel like doing. But <laughs> yes. anyway, that's the state of the nation at right. the moment. Here we um, are. Mm-hmm. Now, New Zealand, as we know, has, has just recently opened on the 13th of April. And for domestic travel within 
New Zealand now with Air New Zealand. Customers no longer are required to show proof of vaccination or a negative test to fly on the domestic New Zealand network. Um, and also they're resuming onboard food and beverage services as well, though they have resumed from the 15th of April. Um, so that's interesting. Now, for international travel with them, however, the no jab, no fly policy for customers uh, will be removed from 1 May. So there you go. That's something that Air New Zealand's doing. They also, though, say please continue to check local government websites for entry requirements, of course, including vaccination and testing requirements. Um, mask will be required on board, they are still saying, for customers and crew. Also, the domestic New Zealand flexibility policy is ending on the 30th of April. So customers who are booking for travel up to 30 April who no longer wish to travel can opt into credit or change their flight with no fee. But from 1 May, it's all going to change. Standard fare rules will apply again. So if you buy a fare that's a cheaper fare that's not refundable, there's not going to be any free change or anything like that. You would have to book a more flexible fare if you thought you might wish to change mm. your reservation. So just keep that in mind as well. So, yeah, there's changes all the time happening. So, as I said, we'll try and keep you up to date with those as much as we can. To NURFM, we are talking travel. Sally Lucas, we've just been talking about travelling to New Zealand and uh, some of the requirements, but when we're there, there are some great things to do. There absolutely is, Jane, and this is cruising, and of course we all know how everyone's excited about the cruise market opening up again in our area, in the South Pacific region. So uh, there's a company called Wild Earth Travel who does a lot of small ship cruising, uh, even on like a lovely yacht that only takes 18 passengers and so on, so it's really delightful small passenger cruising. They do... Um, the Chatham Islands, which is a lot of people don't know so much about. They've been cruising down there for about the last two years now, but it's well-renowned for its fascinating flora and fauna. And the Chatham Island and Pitt Island, they're approximately a two-hour flight from Auckland, Wellington or Christchurch. And you mainly are going down there because they're just such a unique area with unique, as we just said, plants and, and fauna as well. A fun fact about the islands is that they're the first place in the world to greet the sun. Mm. and 45 minutes ahead in time from mainland New Zealand. Right. Okay. So, so there fair you go. bit east. Yeah. yeah. So it's really interesting, isn't it? So they do a range of cruises. Of course, the wonderful Marlborough Sounds, which is just gorgeous. Of course, the Queen Charlotte, Pelerus Sound, French Pass, Durval Island. Um, they do islands of the Hauraki Gulf as well. Um, all the fjords, of course, where that was just remarkable scenery in that fjordland part of the South Island. And they've got some new voyages as well, called a coastal odyssey, where they're going from Auckland, of course, and going all the way down to the South Island as well. And, and they're doing an intimate exploration cruise as well, going to Fjordland, Stewart Island, Napier, etc. So look, there's a range of beautiful little cruises all going around New Zealand. And it was just a, such a lovely way to do it with such, such a small group of people. And of course, everyone nowadays with your cruising companies, it's really high, their sanitation, you know, they're changing your bed linen, they're, they're sanitising, you know, common toilet areas or you know it regularly there's sanitizing stations everywhere you know all the crew and everything it's really up there now at the top so you needn't be you know concerned about traveling on a cruise vessel they have very high protocol they have to follow so just keep that in mind it is quite secure and quite safe when you're cruising now and then just to go completely opposite to that Jane is skiing in America 
Yes. So Utah, and they've got Park City, which is, um, Utah is home to Park City Mountain, which is the largest ski area in the United States. And also they've got Deer Valley there as well. And you've got all sorts of amenities and accommodations there from five star, a whole range. There's over 400 ski slopes. So that's quite amazing. And it's just 35 minutes from Salt Lake City International Airport. And also you've got to remember that the town of Park City also hosts the Sundance Film Festival every year as well in January. So if you're there then, you might be lucky enough. You've got excellent restaurants, lots of apres ski options. It's got a thriving art scene, great, great shopping areas as well. So it's really, it's like a, a city within a city, you know. You, so it's everything there. It's not just skiing. You've got so many other things to do. There's a ski in distillery even. <laughs> How about that? I don't know whether you'd want to have too many of those if you were skiing, though, would you? <laughs> exactly. You've got to ski home again. I know. <laughs> but there's plenty of activities to choose from whilst you're there as well. Of course, there's dog sledding. There's all sorts of other snow activities snow on snowmobiles, snow biking, snowshoeing, horse sleigh excursions, tubing, fly fishing, ice skating, cross-country Nordic skiing as well. Um, they even can take you on a sleigh ride uh, 2,600 metres up the slopes to the Viking yurt where you can dine in a candle-lit yurt, which is quite remarkable. A yurt, if you don't know, is a, is a type of tent that's mainly in Mongolia and places like that that the local native people there still live in. Um, and they also do historic tours of a silver mining town that goes back to 1884. And, and they do wine and history and mine tours as well. So, yeah, look, it's it's got a lot happening there. And, of course, you're that close to Salt Lake City and all those other interesting parts of Utah that you could visit as well. So that might be just on your bucket list that you would like to go back and uh, get to America again and do some skiing as well. And, of course, there's also great packages out there, as, you know, obviously for the ski season if you are interested in doing Doing that. So look, the world's opening up to us bit by bit and we're getting new itineraries and new offers coming in every day, some great cruise options. Um, Silver Sea, for example, they've got the one of the highest space to guest ratio in the industry. So their suites with an average size of 36 square metres, your average hotel room can only be 18 to 20. Mm. So, you know, yes. you're getting very spacious cabins, mm. butler service for every suite. You know, mm -hmm. just they're just really taking it up to the next level. So you know, a lot of them are doing this now. A lot of all-inclusive um, cruises, cruise companies now, including your champagne, your wine, your beer, your food, everything. You know, so you're not putting your hand in your pocket for extras. You've paid your one-up cost to go cruising, and and that's it. And then a lot of them also are offering shipboard credits uh, as, as a special incentive to use on board as well. So look, there's lots out there to entice you to get back into the travel market, and um, the world's your oyster again. I think. To NURFM, it's all about travel and Sally Lucas, hot deals time. What is there in the current travel marketplace? Well, we've been talking about cruising today, Jane, and of course there's a lot of companies out there now making all sorts of offers for you to commence cruising again, which is a lovely thing. And in Newcastle, of course, we're even back on it, but still with no terminal, which is a bit of embarrassment still. But maybe, maybe something might come of it. So I think we've got about half a dozen cruises coming in this year starting wow. 
oh. from July. Um, but P&O at the moment, I think Coral Princess is the first one to come in, but P&O cruises have got what they call a sale call, you know, do more, see more, S-E-A, um, which I thought was quite a nice little caption for their promotion. But you can have up to $300 on board spending money per room, depending on the length of cruise as to how much spending money is allocated. You only have to book with a $49 deposit and there's flexible cancellation. So that's really making it attractive for people to cruise. And they're starting here. Um, these, these sales, by the way, go through to the 10th of May. But they've got mainly doing the Australian coast, which is lovely, going up and down our coastline, incorporating uh, New Zealand as well, and also going into like places like Fiji, Vanuatu and New Caledonia. So they're concentrating on Australia, New Zealand and the South Pacific region. That's for starting from this year, of course, and going into next year. But that sale for all those extras does finish on the 10th of May. Now, also, we've mentioned river cruising before. Of course, they're back in force as well with lots of great savings for 2022. Um, and they finish on the 31st of July. You've got a book buy. And they've got some fantastic um, packages, including airfares and you know, like your 15-day Amsterdam-Budapest river cruise from under $5,000 per person with airfare. Wow. Mm. And also, no solo supplement now on select departures. So that's with both Travel Marvel and APT. APT is a bit more upmarket. Travel Marvel is a bit less. So it depends on the level that you wish to pay and the inclusions, of course, as we've just mentioned off air, Jane, whether you want the really all-inclusive deal or whether you'd rather just pay for some of the things you go as you go yourself. So just remember that. So it's great that they're offering those solo supplement because that does deter a lot of people because it's usually quite an expensive option to if do that. If you're a solo traveller, yes. Yeah, no, very much so. Um, also, you've got lovely Antarctic uh, early bird specials happening with scenic Eclipse, which is a beautiful deluxe vessel if, if you're up for the um, deluxe range. And they've got some great offers as well with Super Early Bird with economy flights included up to the value of $1,500 per person for their 2023-24 departures. And there's also some lovely... Not everyone wants to cruise, I know that. There's some lovely guided tours of New Zealand as well if you're wanting to do an inclusive coach tour. And again, they are nearly always inclusive because... With, it's a bit different with a, a coach tour. You know, you're, you're arriving in a new town each day and it's nice to know that you don't have to worry about finding somewhere to eat. So you will find that a lot of the uh, New Zealand or any tours usually always include breakfast um, and most dinners and lunches. They will give you some free days, but the main thing is nearly all your sightseeing is included except for you know optional things like heli flights or things a little bit more expensive that you can choose to do that as an optional extra. So there's a range of lovely tours going to New Zealand at the moment um, from this year again right through until March next year uh, and again they're flexible they're giving you some flexible flexibility with booking on these as well which is great and there's some wonderful itineraries out there from top to bottom even including the Transalpine Express which is a lovely train journey between Christchurch going across to, to Greymouth includes obviously Hokitika that lovely Franz Fox Joseph Glacier you, you're doing Milford Sound Tiana Queenstown Dunedin Mount Cook, um, and then you come, you go actually on the ferry between Wellington and Picton on these longer itineraries of both, which is a lovely way. It's a very pretty crossing, as you probably know, Jane. When you come into Picton, it's it's really quite a beautiful, and then you're going down that coast, going by Kaikoura, which is a very pretty coastline down into Christchurch. 
Uh, one of them is just 14 days, um, but if you do the longer ones of 17 days, either starting in Auckland or Christchurch, that does include the Bay, of, a couple of days in the Bay of Islands as well. So look, there's a lot out there. There's more and more coming on board, as I said, all the time. So we'll just keep you posted each week. Thank you, Sally Lucas. Thank you, Jane. And we'll talk travel again next Friday after the one o'clock news. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.